Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, May 15th. This is episode 167. I am Tony. I am Dennis, and we have a friend coming by in less than two hours. So we're going to turn through this because they're back from the before times. Yes. So we're going to turn and burn as fast as we can. Well, but we'll still give you a reasonably meaty show. And as our meaty shows must Yeah, it will be stake, last episode turn That was burn. very short. That was not a particularly popular episode. Last <laughs> I looked at the download numbers either. My solo <laughs> efforts often are not. I think I had one person write in that said... You did, you did a good job, Dennis, but it's better with Tony. <laughs> you saw that email. So uh, so what's been going on since, well, gosh, it's been a month for you. I had COVID. <gasps> I didn't tell anyone. I kept it secret. I, kept I it had safe. COVID. Well, to be fair, when we recorded, I didn't know I had COVID yet because I hadn't taken my home test yet mm. because we'd run out of home tests previously re- and my next set of free ones hadn't arrived yet right and by this it means the episode i recorded solo right at that time we did not know tony had covid we knew tony's throat hurt yeah my throat hurts too much and i I could barely talk so i begged off because i didn't think anybody just wanted to listen to tears and vocal fry because that's all you would have been getting out of me that day and then uh the mail arrived and had our next set of free covid tests that i'd ordered Mm. so uh, I took it and I, I was very positive very quickly. So, uh, so, uh, I do have a slight lingering cough. So sorry. Uh, if you hear weird cuts or if I just loudly cough at you, that's, that, that's what that is. Um, otherwise I spent most of a week down because of COVID and most of my time since has been recovering and working on stuff, uh, yard work. I did watch. Uh, I, I've watched a bunch of shows lately. Uh, I, I I started watching uh, a bunch of randomness on YouTube when I was sick because that's like a good way to cover things. Uh, but I will mention, uh, I've mentioned many times on this show, my, my love of Battletech. Uh, and one of my favorite YouTube Battletech people uh, had re- has released their newest in-universe lore video. Uh, and we'll include a link to that. That's a, the Text Talks Battle Text lore video on the Warhammer. I was actually going to talk about that on the last episode because it released a week before the last episode came oh, out. Oh, okay. So it's been out for three, four weeks now. But uh, I, if you have any interest uh, in that kind of universe, his lore videos I like because they are not just tightly packed on one thing. They, it goes wider and talks about uh, like the wider universe and the politics that lead to the specific, in this case, he's talking specifically about the Warhammer battle mech, which is one of my favorites, but it starts with a, dis- a discussion of the politics and the state of the universe leading up to the design of it and lessons learned and uh, military industrial procurement issues and stuff that lead to the creation of the specific, uh, variant, uh, I enjoyed it. It was great. So that's what I got. Okay. Well, I have been just playing a video game called a ground. It's like a resource gathering pixel art game. I don't know. It was one of the game with gold games. Microsoft had from who knows when that I just found around. And then I have a, as I've known before, I, I rent a, I have a housemate. I rent one room out and he got COVID actually he tested the day you tested positive positive. 
And so actually, I, I usually play in the living room, but I was mostly staying to my room during that period of time to minimize my risk of being exposed. And I, you know, I did my five day out test and was still fine and I don't seem to have any symptoms. So we're now past that whole infectious period. So it looks like I, I got through it, but rates the cases are going up. So who knows? I'm trying, yeah. I got an audit tomorrow, so I need to, I'm hoping I don't get say, I don't get say, at least let me get into the office, do the field work with the auditors. And then, then I can be sick after that. But anyway, uh, so let's go into pinball because that's one of the things we like to talk about on the show. Uh, you had noted, uh, I thought maybe I'd seen, I don't follow this thread as much anymore, but you had noted you'd seen the post that someone had finally gotten their Fathom remake from Haggis. Yeah. So those are starting to go out. I, I saw pictures of it on the Reddit, mm-hmm. uh, in the Reddit pinball forum. Somebody yes. had posted it. So congratulations. To the, I knew and now Haggis has been shipping games for a while now, but they've been all Celts. So this was the first report I've seen of, of Fathom actually arriving to a buyer. Yeah. But uh, not too surprised because I knew we knew around Texas time that they were starting to collect full payments. So good good to see that moving And forward. it was an Australian buyer. Yes. So yeah, that would make sense why it appeared. So there was that. Um, and then we really only have a couple of discussion things. There's no real news. Uh, so Chris C. wrote into news us. News in pinball? Not lately, not lately. Well, we'll we'll touch a little bit on possible news in Rumor Corner. But um, so Chris C wrote into us, and he wanted to know what our thoughts are on the viability of particular video game elements being used in pinball. And he had two specifically. One was brutal difficulty games, and he was thinking akin to Dark Souls. And he also wondered with a more elaborate setup of continual progression and reward, like a roguelite and he was thinking like acknowledging Rangers Ranger in the Ruins, the P3 game uh, that Nick Baldridge developed. That does that, but he's not aware of any others that do. So, Tony, what are your thoughts on roguelikes and uh, hard, quote unquote, hard pinball games and viability? I love roguelikes. I play a lot of them. So, uh, a way uh, putting that together in pinball would be interesting to me. Uh, brutal difficulty. <sighs> Aren't there already brutally difficult pinball yes. games? I was a little surprised that he brought that up. Um, so I guess let's dismiss that one really quickly. Yes, the brutal difficulty are viable. Uh, there's plenty of brutal games out there. I think a lot of people would argue like how when Rush came out, one of the big, I guess, complaints of people that were prefer a, lo- a longer playing game like Godzilla, for example, say, well, Rush is really, really brutal. TNA is really brutal. There's uh, and Chris in his email noted, like he knows like back with system 11s, they were really brutal. Have they gotten less brutal over time? Yes. Obviously the EM to solid state error going from five ball to three, the length of the game was still to be about the same amount of time, which was, I believe roughly three minutes was the goal. Are they going past that at this point? Maybe. I don't, you know, it just depends. Depends on which, what you're saying. Uh, but there's a market for brutal difficulty, and I think that's still being made. So I don't see any value really in discussing that. Roguelike, of course, the trick is the continued progression. Right. Um, with things like Stern Insider Connected, yes, you could conceivably load your profile. And then when you're playing on location, continue the progress. 
I don't think there's a big market for that. I don't that's think a so. home that's a homeowner thing, which is why Ranger and the Ruins I think works logically is because the P3 as a platform in my view is not set I yes, I get that it can be a location device. That's not who they're selling to. They're selling to homeowners. Right. So, yeah, I could I could see demand for that growing. I just don't know that it grows enough that it actually moves the needle on pinball sales. So, why 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 invest your resources in developing roguelike elements to incorporate in a pinball machine if you're going to still sell the same number as if you didn't do it? Because, in a way, unlike roguelikes, I think of pinball more as like rogue, where it's like every time you start over, there's no progress. It's like you're always going straight. Wasn't that how the original rogue was? I don't know. I didn't play it. But the idea is there is no continued progression. It's right. always death from the start button right i mean the big thing lately is games like that is what it is is they were is you unlock things that will give you that you can collect later in the game Mm. that will make the game easier and let you get farther Uh, i've been playing a lot of nova drift which is a roguelike kind of asteroid z uh uh, um, geometry war z type game but it's a roguelike and as you level up, you get you have a you have choices. You get to choose between you know bonuses and weapons and 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 making stuff better. And I've been playing a lot of it, and it's quite an enjoyable game. I I really like it. Uh, but it, as you get higher scores, you progress and progress and unlock more and more weapons, more and more bonuses, more and more. Things that you can collect during the game to modify uh, how you play. Mm. So each individual run can be is still different. So I just don't think there's much demand in pinball for it. Uh, here's the thing: it's pinball. Make it, and people will still buy it. It doesn't matter how poor a job you do; people will still buy it. Make a brutally difficult Dark Souls game that literally has a punching bag that comes out and punches you in the wiener when you drain the ball. People will still buy that game. Hmm. Well, that does lead into the next discussion item that I had for us for our, our little pinball segment, and that is the market in pinball pricing. So based off of your wiener attack comments, I'm getting the impression that you feel that we're still in an environment where basically anything comes out is going to sell. I am. I, I, I think we're still there. I think we're getting closer to coming out of said environment, but it still seems like anything based upon like looking at sales on marketplace. Nothing's listed for very long. The prices are still insane. And unless the unless the prices are like just flat dumb, I'm still seeing stuff going super quick, mm-hmm. like in minutes, if not less than day for sure. Yes. And I I agree. Uh I agree with your perspective that right now it's still as it was since the start of the pandemic. But I also think that there are more and more signs of light at the end of the horizon. And that's why I put in the, yeah. excuse me, that was yawning. I, that's why I put in that, that, that part of the discussion because. No, because I don't, I'm not a market trending type guy. Mm-hmm. My hands, da, da, da. Okay. 
Well, uh, I mean, I, it's not something I follow like closely, but it's one of those things. It's one of the few things I actually. <laughs> I use Facebook for Facebook Marketplace, podcast related stuff, and the Messenger. I, I don't look at it typically for anything else. But from looking at like doing Marketplace stuff, I've noticed it feels like the price increases have slowed down and kind of stabilized. It seems like on my weekly things that I do get from Penside on games that I have on my watch list, it feels like those prices have stabilized. I think they've stabilized at a stupid high level, but it doesn't feel, but I'm no longer feeling like the prices are still slowly going up. They feel like they've been about the same for a couple months. So it feels like things are starting to stall out. Yes, I, I think you're right. Uh, and of course, the analogy that I'm going to draw is to wristwatches because it's the other hobby I follow. And I have been doing more market analysis of that lately because <gasps> you're doing market trends on wristwatches. I am. But unlike market trends as the kind of branded uh, title that people know and maybe love and probably don't in pinball. As on the few instances where I have done it in pinball, I do real analysis. Like I pull real numbers, put together real graphs and tell you real truth. And so doing that, I can tell you for real wristwatch prices are falling. Yeah. I've seen several of the videos you put out. Not, not every single watch, but most of them, especially those that got really high that I have examined have are going down now. How, how long have they gone down? Depends on the watch, but we're talking roughly six to eight weeks worth of downfall data at this point. I, I have noticed from uh, your watch videos that there, that there seems to be like there's a website out there that actually tracks trends and changes. Yeah, in it, it scrapes uh, private sales from some of the major forum. Reddit has a buy sell trade. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the major watch, think pen side for watches. It has a cell form section. That's where it's pulling the data from. And it just, it averages it on all. So obviously if you have a unit that moves a lot, so the really popular ones, you get lots of data points because people have been selling those watches. Right. What's interesting with that, with the site I've been using there is uh, by and large, those are not venues that dealers use. So it's usually lower than what you might find from a used dealer, but the curves are the curves. So let's get, because people don't want to hear about watches on this podcast, let's get to the pinball aspect of it. To me, all the big, and by big, I mean just broad economic things that are happening in the world are going to impact all of these industries. Mm -hmm. So the thing I think it's important to separate is new in box and used. That's really like the pressures for the new, I don't think new in box prices are going down. All the pressures on the manufacturers of anything are just becoming more pronounced. Inflation's higher. It's getting more expensive to get all the parts they need to build a pinball machine. So there's no reason why you're going to like Godzilla's aren't going down $900 to be last year's price for a Led Zeppelin. Right. And shipping's more still all of that. So all that new in box stuff is still in play. Same for watches on the used side though. What happened is a lot of the things that made it real easy for people to buy, including the speculation that they were going to make money 
as we've we've talked about off air about NFTs and how the line goes up and goes up and goes up. And everyone, and I've ranted about this several times, and I, I think I can call them rants on watches, but it's like so many people got in the business of buying wristwatches and flipping them because you couldn't you couldn't lose for trying. You made money no matter what because the line always went up. And just imagine all those idiots. I'm going to use the word idiots who thought they were so smart because they were making money. It's easy to make money when everything goes up. Now is when your brain is put to the test. And most of these people are not very smart. We're going to see the same thing in pinball. The only major difference I can point to between the pinball market and the wristwatch market that I think makes a notable difference is the supply chain side, the ability to get brand new wristwatches, that's caught up now. And that's not true for pinball. That's very true. That's why I still think we're in an environment where if you buy a Rush, you're going to be able to sell it, your Rush Pro, more used than you paid for it for a little while longer at least. Because you're banking on that people don't want to have to wait maybe a year plus to get it from start. But that will resolve eventually. And in fact, I think it's going to resolve faster than maybe we all thought a year ago it would, because with inflation and everything else coming into play, even people with fairly large disposable income, if their income streams, be it their job or be it their market investments, are not performing like they used to, they are not going to buy as many toys. Right. And I think a lot of people are going to cut back on their purchases Stern's going to be able to catch up with the backlog. All the all the industry makers are going to sell their pinball machines for the same pricing they have been. But the used market's finally going to fall. We're going to see normal stuff again. And by normal, I mean, obviously, prices are going to be higher than they were before the pandemic. Obviously. But in, in a normal environment, Godzilla Pro is cheaper used than it is new. There's not Outside of LEs, there's no excuse for it. Right. And, and that's what you're – I think we're getting there. We're, the question is how many people who have played the line always goes up game are going to get burned uh, because they, you know, they dropped $7,000 on a Bram Stoker's Dracula that they thought would go up to $8,000 and now it's coming down to something like it should be. You know, uh, that could be and quite. I, I don't know if anybody's actually spent that. I don't no. know what Braum Stroker's going no. for. It's just the game that popped in my head. Now, and this is. Numbers I don't think it's going to be that broad based in terms of the number of people dramatically. Like, I don't think this breaks people like it's going to break people in the watch. Like, watches are small. It was real easy for people to go around and buy. Like, and again, I'm, I apologize because it's not going to make a lot of sense to a lot of people. But. There are not very many people that went out and bought like 20 Braum Stroker Draculas. In watches, we have people that went out and bought 20 5711 Patek Nautiluses, which are down 30,000 a watch right now. Ow. I mean, that, it's just a yeah. different environment. This is, I know, <laughs> this is so wrong, it's so wrong to say because pinball is so expensive, but pinball is a small dollar game comparatively. So it's just, we're, and, the big other difference besides the dollar amounts is the size of the things. It's just hard to get that many because I mean, you have to arrange the shipping. Right. You know, you get you take a when you think about the dollars of the games, when you're paying hundreds upon hundreds of dollars for shipping, unless you're picking them all up, you you know, you it's just it's hard. To, it's harder to do. So outside of I mean, the biggest people that would probably get burned are dealers, distributors of used pinball games if they have a whole lot of stock. 
Which at this point, I doubt any of them do. No, I, I most of the time when I see people list, I'm mean, again like doing the the pinball show podcast with Zach Many. You know, he takes games in on trade. It's not like he's got twenty of them though. Yeah, it's not. It's a small mark. So, and even especially if they're distributors that also sell new, the new pricing is not going to fall. So, right. no, I don't. I don't think we're going to see the damage. Like, like there are gray market. We call them gray market uh, dealers on the watch side that are going to go out of business. I'm I'm convinced of it. I don't think we see that on the pinball side. Uh, just the quantities to deal in are just, there are not very many people, I think, who stockpiled a bunch of games thinking, oh gosh, I got Brahms at, at 7,000. I'm going to sell them when they hit 10. Right. It's just and, different. And if it's like the watches, by and large on the watches, the lines have not fallen off a cliff. We're talking in most cases, declines that so far have been under 10%, definitely under 20. Mm-hmm. It sucks to take, a, I mean, think about it in normal times, taking a loss on an asset, or a, 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 I was going to say an asset, but taking a, you know, a loss on a car or something, you're losing 10, 20%. It's nothing. You'd expect it. In fact, you'd probably be happy it was so low. So yeah, no, I just, but because of what's going on in the economy with the inflation, like I, you know, I don't know about all of our listeners, but I'm not going to. I got a raise this year. It ain't going to be as much as what inflation is for the year, though. Yep, that's where and that's I am. that's the thing. And that's what it's going to be for a lot of people. And if you bought your pinball machines with dividend returns or sales out of your capital gains on your equity investments, if they're like my retirement funds, they're all down. They're actually down. So you don't have that. That's what I think. Those are the things that yeah. are going to drive down the used pricing. Yeah, and I think it's... And, and like you said, I mean, with the with the way the economy is it's something that is going to affect everything it's not just pinball yeah yeah no no this is not a pinball thing i mean that's specifically like where we were we just had to we spent money on car repairs that was high enough recently that 10 years ago we probably would have just replaced the vehicle but because of the scarcity of vehicles and how expensive vehicles have gotten it changed the dynamic of what was the most cost effective. Mm -hmm. And I I think without, it's just, it affects everything in that way. So we'll see. I'm going to be very interested to see how all of this pricing and how the markets are looking in a year. Yes. Yes. And I don't, I just, the reason why I think the pricing will go, I obviously I can't say how much the reason why I'm so confident that the pricing will, will fall is there's nothing that I can see, and I'm not an economist, but there's nothing I can see in how the economy is behaving that makes me think this is a blip and we're going to quickly get out of whatever it is. The Fed's raising interest rates in the US. It usually takes approximately 12 months. Their actions have an immediacy on the stock market, but the actual economic to the broad economy impacts of of that adjustment a year, takes a year. So it's just not a fast thing. Uh, let's end the pinball segment with Rumor Corner. So I mentioned we talk a little bit about production. The rumor is that Toy Story, Jersey Jack Pinball's next game, is the rumor, which I still remain completely convinced of, June, that it will be sometime in June. Let's see. June of 2022. Their last game came out in 20? Uh, was it 20 or was it 21? I thought it was late 20. Oh, wait, no, it'd have to be. Yeah, no, 21 was 
was was last year. Uh, yeah, must have been twenty. Okay, we'll see. We'll we'll we'll, we'll uh, they're within their time zone that I would expect Jersey Jack to put out a pinball machine. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. There, there, there is a reason we will see. I don't expect to see another one from them for a while. Well, they're saying two a year. Uh, they've been saying two a year since I got into the hobby. So I'll believe it when I see it. All right. So let's go ahead and go over to video games. Tony, what do we got? Okay. We got a lot of stuff. There's a fair amount of stuff. Uh, Chris C. wrote in to us. Uh, about Square Enix selling off a bunch of their studios to the Embracer Group. Um, this was a pretty big thing just after the last episode. Yeah, the I know the email came in a while ago. Yeah, it, it was. I just remember catching it initially while I was sick. I mm. saw something about it, so I just kind of saved it to the side. I'm like, I'll, I'll look at this later because I'm too sick to care right now. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Square Enix has sold... Uh, Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and South and Square Enix Mont- Montreal to Embracer, uh, and they have sold most of their what you would consider Western titles and Western oh, licenses. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, uh, Legacy of Cain, Thief, um, uh, all that kind of stuff was sold off to it. Uh, their report is that they are wanting to focus more on NFTs. Blockchains and the metaverse. Why do those things make me angry, Tony? Because it's just raw anger. It's just raw distilled anger. It's like it makes my tummy upset. That's so, what's upsetting my tummy. That's what's this. upsetting your. Yeah, it's here's the thing: is Square Enix uh, earlier this week released their financials for the last year, mm. and. Final Fantasy fourteen kept Square Enix afloat between the between all of the the people, the new subs and everybody who joined in the summer and the new uh, expansion release for it. That's the only reason Square Enix didn't lose money last year. All right. Well, I knew Avengers was bad. I knew it was bad for them. Right. And 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 they didn't really have anything come out last year that sold like they thought it was going to. Mm. Even their stuff that sold well and reviewed well didn't sell like they assumed it would. Okay. So that put them in a real bad place. Um so they sold off these companies to Embracer. Uh for a surprisingly low amount of money. Yeah, it was what three hundred and some million. Yeah, it was like three hundred million, three hundred million in change. Yeah, there's a we'll have a link to an IGN article about the sale in the show notes for folks. But considering the sales of, I mean, I understand they're smaller groups, but still considering what seems to be the going price for a developed studio, especially with uh, the I with IPs like Deus Ex or Tomb Raider. As part of it, honestly, I would think the Tomb Raider IP by itself is worth more than three hundred million. I mean, that's what I would think. Um, it's got multiple movies out of it, uh, multiple video games. Even the worst Tomb Raider video games were still popular. So it's 
a surprise to me. It, it was a surprise to me how low the price was. Um, they did make an announcement that they, uh, now that Square has consolidated and brought themselves in, they're more fixated on Japan and their Asian uh, side of things, having gotten rid of all the Western uh, studios. Uh, they are going to, they are planning on establishing new studios and acquiring others to support their midterm plans, which is their focus on blockchain and NFT. Uh, really, the big thing is, is Final Fantasy 16 is supposedly well underway. Yeah, I've read some it's stuff. It's not yeah. supposed to be far out. And it sounds like it might be make or break for Square. Well, I mean, maybe. I, I, it, it's it's very good for them to have something as not as as nice as a, as Final Fantasy. I mean, they have a gravy train. Right. Final Fantasy fourteen for the and I would assume for the first. I don't know of any. You know, we just talked about WoW killers. Now we have to talk about the Final Fantasy fourteen killer, and I don't think there is one. But yeah. their investments. You know, this reminds me of. You don't, but you will as soon as I say it. <laughs> this reminds me of Epic. And after they had all that crazy Fortnite money, and everyone was like, why are you opening up a Steam competitor with all that money? But this, I think, makes even less sense. Like, right. why are you taking all that Final Fantasy fourteen m- money, which saved you from what would have been, like, nigh on destruction had you only had a, If you didn't have an MMO and you put out that Avengers game and its response was what we just saw yikes but instead of like investing the money in a new tomb raider blockchain blockchain tony blockchain i don't, I, I don't web understand. three tony web three I, I i have i have no idea i don't tony, b- board I, I hear board, board chocobo to, yacht club tony I'm, i hear i'm supposed to diamond hand stuff got a diamond hand. i hear i'm supposed to buy the dip Wark, which, Wark based coin. upon where we are when we're recording this the dip is quite low uh, as all that stuff seems to be going into free fall, but am I the only one when I hear dip? I think like skulls chewing tobacco or whatever it's Probably. called. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, see every time every time someone says that, I get that 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 old song in my head. It's like put your hand up on my hip when I dip, you dip, we dip. <laughs> there we go. There's the singing. Is there any other things we got to check mark off of this? We I haven't done any. Trends. I haven't done any voices. We singing. We need voices. We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, speaking of money, uh, mm. uh, uh, oh, on the financial reveals, uh, it did end up that Square made fifty-one million in profit last year. I think is, is was that what their total profit was? Okay. Well, I mean, even after the colossal failure of Avengers, that's some serious. That, that's still that's some decent. serious. That's but, but that's the thing is literally. All of the Final Fantasy fourteen stuff was well more than fifty some odd million. That's why Final Fantasy fourteen is basically what Bowie got. Yeah, yeah. This I I don't know. I guess this has to be how Disney felt when no one went and saw the solo movie. And it was like, it was Star Wars, how could it fail? Right. And that must be what they're like, it's Marvel. How could the Avengers game not do well? Because the game sucked. Yeah. You guys aren't supposed to care what it is, good or bad. You're you supposed got, to spend hey, the guys. money. It works for Battlefield. Oh, wait. No, yeah. it didn't. It works for pinball. Don't you guys just buy theme? 
That's true. That square, true. Get, it, get in a, it does. It so does, square, get does. into pinball, you'd have been fine. Yeah, it, it works for pinball. <laughs> I mean, look but at, it's a much look at that. Look at how market. popular Avengers from Stern is with that freaking hamburger helper glove yeah. toy they it, had. It, it, much smaller market. So hey, at uh, this point, maybe they need to capitalize on that uh, instead of thinking they're gonna put out cool. Well, I'm trying to think of a cool cabs play with a square property that they still own. Put out cool a, clouds, yeah. cool clouds. Whatever we need, cool clouds. Put out, put out a new near game. Ten thousand computer generated artistic differences of Cloudo yeah. that we can put they in need, our. They, they, they need a new near automata game. The last one did very well. It was very enjoyable. Mm. Uh, Speaking of enjoyable. Genshin Impact. Genshin Impact. I don't play it, but I know people here, who love it. Yeah, my daughter loves it. Her, her, she's heartbroken because she just missed getting one of the limited time you can only get on very special event characters, and now she has to wait until they come back in a special event. She doesn't know when it is, and she's saving everything she can for it, even though it could be a year or more. So could she, be forever. She loves. She loves her. Don't tell her that. Uh, she loves herself some Genshin Impact. Um, they have reportedly hit $3 billion in player spending just on the mobile versions uh, since launch. That's true, because you can play it on all sorts of platforms. Yes. My daughter plays on computer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, I don't play, uh, so I don't really know. It, it's From watching her play, it looks like a lot like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, so, yeah. that's my the vibe I've gotten yeah. from it. It looks fun. It seems yeah, it looks, fun. It just doesn't seem like my type of game. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's interesting because that game launched in late 2020, like fall of 2020, hmm. like, like like September or October, which to hit $3 billion at this point means that that's like a billion dollars every six months. So uh, it's very popular. It's taken off, and the company that put that put it out has a new game coming out, or that they are working on. I didn't, I, I didn't see a date, so it'll be interesting. But I guess when you make three billion dollars in, you know, less than a year and a half, you've got plenty of seed money to blockchain work to buy blockchain. <laughs> By NFTs. Well, you know what we're going to see is they're going to have Moogles that have different weird colors. It's going to be little, and, and, and that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's going to cost us five thousand dollars to purchase a a very special my, picture. My Mog of a house Moogle. will be on the chain, and then someone will invade my Mog wallet and take it, and then I'll have no recourse because you can't fix things on blockchain. Yeah, unless you you break it, break off the chain, and create a. Then there'll be separate square chains. Because different people we'll disagree. Square chain and the Enix chain. Square, square chain classic. So, uh, because it is that time of year, EA also had their financial oh, yes. uh, briefing, and there was a flurry of announcements coming out of that. I think one of the biggest ones coming out of that is that they did, as we've talked about in the past, in the past when it last came up, they dropped FIFA. Smart. Uh, yeah. Billion dollars. Give me a break. Yeah. So it, it, it was crazy. FIFA wanted so much money for their name. It makes sense. Uh, from everything I've seen and everything I've read, they lose absolutely nothing. Uh, except for they don't get to call it FIFA. The, the, they're mm. they're, they're going to call it EA Sports FC. It's in the game. Except for FIFA. Except for FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is, 
because of the way the, the licensing deals work in, in with, with FIFA and everything, literally they can't use the word world. They can't use the phrase World Cup, and they can't use FIFA because all of the football clubs they had to do separate deals with. Right. That's so a, FIFA they, had next to no clout on this. Right. I think they, I think they assumed a lot. I think they assumed a lot, and 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 they lost, and now they're they're. They're yeah. struggling. Uh, they FIFA has already come out saying that. Oh, I don't remember it exactly, and I didn't write it down. But it's basically only the real best top quality games will have the FIFA title, and they are currently working with manufacturers to put out yeah, a new because two K is going to give them a billion dollars FIFA game, and uh, yeah, nobody's going to put. I mean, it's EA. It doesn't matter what they call it. They could call it freaking EA soccer, whatever the year is, and people are going to buy it. So it, it, it's fine. It's just like we're going to be sitting here and we'll, we'll be pulled out of our cryo freeze in the thousand years. And they're going to be putting out, you know, Madden 30, 24. Even then, nobody will even remember who Madden was. That's just the name of the game at this point. I think most of the players don't know where that name comes from. I'm, probably not. I mean, he's been dead for several years now. Yeah, I don't remember when he died, but I mean, he was out of the eye for so long. Yeah, and the, and the people don't people people don't know the Madden game series goes back to the nineties. I mean, that's right. a long time ago. I don't. I don't even remember the last. I don't know. Maybe he still voiced games up until up because I know his voice was in the earlier games. It's probably just Patton Oswalt. But you go to catch the football, and once you catch the football, you run and you score the football, and they get you the points, and you need the points to win the game. Thank you, John. <laughs> but they've also put out uh, big news, huge news, new Lord of the Rings game. Mm-hmm. War of the Ring, a lot of fun. Shadow of Mordor, a lot of Fun. Nemesis system. The Nemesis system is awesome. So they're putting out a new Lord of the Rings game. And since everybody has cell phones, it's a mobile game. Mm, Page right out of Activision's playbook. (sighs) Sure, why not? Well, I probably won't be playing it. I won't be either, but they get to try what they want to try. Uh, And they also have four unannounced games uh, that that they said is to be slated for arrival in the first quarter of 2023. Uh, it was unannounced because nothing had a firm date yet, and they didn't want to announce mm. stuff and then have stuff be pushed out of the first quarter. Right, right, right. Uh, the rumors are, or it's supposed to be one major IP, a remake, a sports title, and a partner title. So uh, the rumors are that the major IP is going to be the Fallen Order sequel. Oh, the Jedi one. Uh, uh, which is supposed to be called, so, or is supposedly going to be called um, Jedi Survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the remake is believed to be the Dead Space remake. Oh, okay, very popular game. Uh, for the sports title, I've heard three rumors. Uh, who knows what they really are? The one that's I've heard the most is a return of um, EA's uh, uh, version of college football. Mm. But there's also rumors about like a UFC game. So, not sure on that. And then the partner title is something from one of the other people they own, and I have no idea what that would be. 
Um, they also announced that they are completely rethinking the development process for the Battlefield games. And they are reinventing that process from the ground up. Uh, they are committed to making Battlefield 2040, whatever it is, a success. And they are still working on addressing the issues with the game. But they are looking and they are looking at a complete change to how they do and plan Battlefield games going forward. Because uh, that game came out in October. Yes, I believe so. It's under a thousand concurrent users. On I haven't played it since I don't think November. Yeah, it is a complete failure. I mean, it was a complete triple A flop. Yeah, it was very disappointing. I was, I was. Sh- Battlefield games being buggy is not unusual, but just how bad the game, like there were decisions made that don't make sense to me. But I, I've ranted about that before on right. the show, so I won't do it again. But, but yeah, no, that's the. That they are starting fresh. Okay. Good. Uh, good. 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 Do it. Uh, Do it. Do it. Yeah. Kill it. Wait. No, that's not what they said. Flip it. Ah, I missed that game. Back when burnout games were good. Now the only flipping we see are pinball machines. (laughs) Both both playing and selling. (laughs) Bethesda, Tony. What's going on with Bethesda? I heard some. Maybe. I mean. I, I don't want to say this is bad news because I'm I'm glad that they acknowledged yeah that things might not be as ready as we had hoped but it yeah it it's they they did announce they're pushing Starfield and Redfall Redfall is that I said I didn't remember Redfall Redfall if I remember correctly that's that like vampire game Oh okay okay yeah. I remember the trailer then I if I'm someone I'm thinking of Yeah uh they've been pushed they were scheduled for uh, holiday 22 mm. and they've pushed him into the first half of 23 uh, it's everything's getting pushed anymore and, and can, if Starfield is as big as what they're claiming it's going to be it's not a surprise to me to get it to be pushed yeah I mean uh, Bethesda much like Battlefield games uh, Bethesda is a studio fairly renowned for really buggy uh, games of their open world but they're very popular Right. Well, and the thing is, is Bethesda is very renowned for don't buy the game when it first comes out. Give it three to six months, and then they'll, f- and then the worst of the bugs will be fit will be fixed. And the games are very enjoyable. You just have to get past the issues from initial launch, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that's probably just a quality control thing. Uh, so we'll see how that this works. Um, once I think once these games, especially Starfield, get out, is when we'll start hearing real news about um, the new Elder Scrolls. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, because there hasn't been an Elder Scrolls since Skyrim. Uh, I know they released Skyrim for like my microphone and this bottle of water beside me, but they're they're supposed they they they. they Tease that they know people want Elder Scrolls Six, and I'm assuming they're working on it, but they've never really said anything about it. So, because it always felt like the one teaser they did at the one E3 several years ago, yeah, where, where they mentioned ago. it, 
was very much just a yeah 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 yeah. We remember you guys want you guys would like a sequel to Skyrim. You don't want us just to keep putting Skyrim out on like your big toe. It's mm. fine. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the last thing I have is <clears throat> John Romero. Mm, Daikatana fame. Daikatana fame, one of the original Doom creators. Uh, uh, a lot of people would call him one of the original rock stars of first-person gaming. And by a lot of people, I mean John Romero would call himself that. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he would. Uh, he is releasing a memoir. Uh, it's going to come out next February, titled Doom Guy, Life in First Person. Being John Romero, since this book is designed to come out in February of 2023, I expect it by December of 2030. <laughs> <laughs> Poor John Romero. I was going to say, being a memoir by John Romero, I expect John Carmack to write it. <laughs> oh man burn and unless there's like <laughs> who are these people <laughs> it, 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 it. and the last and the and the last page is John Romero's head on a spike <laughs> fitting well we did it we got through the episode we got through it in good time that, pretty good that, time that was pretty yeah. quick um, people can contact us by emailing us at collectagamerspodcast.gmail.com. They can also go to facebook.com slash collectagamerspodcast and use the messenger tool to send us messages. We're available on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram as a collectic underscore gamers. And we should be back in two weeks. But until then, my name is Dennis. And I am Tony. Thank you. Thank you. We won't make you our... Wait, I'm cutting that. Leave it. <laughs> no. Leave it. It'll be beeped. There. Compromise. Goodbye, everybody. Compromised.